Today we celebrate the feast of St. Ignatius of Loyola, who is the founder of the Jesuits. And this is one of the rare religious orders, I think, that is a very, very powerful religious order, very influential, has been influential religious order, uh, very large, and really has, has kind of shifted the course of civilization and history. And uh, it's modern. Okay, so it's not very old. It's, it's, uh, it dates from the early modern period, from the 1500s. So, uh, as opposed to the Franciscans or the Benedictines, they go back to the 5th century, or the Franciscans, they go back to the Middle Ages. We have the, the, uh, the Jesuits. And I think the text that I'll, I'll focus on today is simply the one from our Gospel. It says, uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it's full grown, it's the largest of plants. So if you think of this little tiny seed, and it's almost kind of invisible, you put it in the dirt, and next thing you know, you got this huge thing. And I think that that's a, a nice reflection of the life of St. Ignatius himself. St. Ignatius was uh, a Spanish soldier, and when he was a little kid, he had dreams of being a great warrior, and he read different uh, medieval romances that featured warriors and great conquerors. Uh, there's a famous book called El Cid, uh, which kind of um, highlights, I think, some conquistadores uh, and uh, some of these, these knights and warriors and whatnot. And anyway, so he would read these books, and you know he had these great visions of being this really important big person. And so he did. He became a soldier and he fought many battles and he was very successful actually. But uh, during one battle, he his legs got hit with a cannonball and one was broken the other one was mangled really, really badly. And in fact, they thought he was going to die. He was, um, it was after about a month later, they thought he was pretty much going to die. Uh, but uh, miraculously, on the feasts of St. Peter and Paul, he made a recovery, and he started to convalesce. And uh, during his convalescence, he started to read uh, spiritual readings and books about the life of Christ. That was just what was at hand, and it was almost of a chance occurrence he started reading all these spiritual writings. And he started to see how his worldly ambitions were sort of... Um, Futile compared to the aim and the ideals that he was looking at with the spiritual literature. So if we can see this guy, here he is convalescing in a bed. Uh, you know, I mean, he was a, an important soldier of some sort, but really he's kind of a nobody because he's, he's almost, um, you know, he's put out of action. Uh, he doesn't have his strength left. His legs were cut out from under him. And uh, there he is, but he begins to start to go inside of himself. He starts to examine his conscience. He starts to examine his life. He starts to consider what's really important in life. And he sees that a transcendent goal is what really matters. So it's not about getting fame and fortune and influence here and now in this world, becoming some, you know, achieving some goal that is within the, the order of created reality, but it's, our, our goal is transcendent, meaning it's beyond this world. It's, it's nothing less but God Himself. 
And so when he gets that priority, when he gets that ultimate goal straight, he gets all his priorities lined up correctly. And he has to go within himself. And he's a nobody. And it's so he begins to pray, and after he gets out of his bed, he, begin, he, he, he enters into a monastery, takes all his armor and his weapons, and he lays them down before an altar, meaning he's going to give up the life of a, of a soldier. And he begins to spend time in monasteries and caves, and he works in a hospital. He starts to just serve the, the sick and the needy in the hospital. And little by little, he starts to basically, I think, function as a lay preacher. And uh, and then he, it's a long journey, but he, he founds a religious order, and he becomes a priest, um, and he founds the Jesuits. And by the time he died, there were a thousand uh, Jesuits that were following him, a thousand. And the Jesuits, their, their whole training and their education is extremely rigorous, so it's not like you just say, oh, I'm going to sign up to be a Jesuit. I mean, this is sometimes it's upwards of 20 years of preparation to be a Jesuit. And so to have a thousand of these guys who are all missionaries working uh, they already started to go off to Japan and India and uh, the Middle East. And, and, I mean, this is an amazingly fruitful uh, postulate that he has. 35 schools they set up they were big into education as well as evangelization. And that's all before he died. And I think he died young, maybe, you know, late 50s, early 60s. Um, so we see in his life this this mustard seed that it's invisible. It began, it began with that invisible interior experience and conversion in his bed when he's convalescing. And then it results in this great tree. And the tree was to bear fruit, not just for this world, for the here and the now, but for eternity. Uh, for the salvation of, of really, I would say, if not hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of souls. Uh, even to this day, you know, our, our Holy Father, our current Holy Father, is a, is a Jesuit. When you become a Pope, you basically, you can't really be a, a Jesuit technically anymore because, uh, you know, you have to, you're the Pope. <laughs> so you're not obedient to a religious superior. Um, uh, but uh, that's just one small example of how influential the Jesuits are and have been. There is, um, I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks on, uh, and uh, actually on my phone, I download them, and I listen to a lot of audio books on marriage and family counseling, but a lot of this material has a lot of crossover with just general self-help kind of literature. And is anybody familiar with um, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Is anybody familiar with that? Yeah. Um, so what was interesting that Stephen Covey did was he started to say, okay, what, you know, sort of like self-help, self-improvement books, what, uh, let me do a whole historical survey of them. So he started to study these kind of like self-help books from the 1700s and the 1800s, the 1900s. And then in the 20th century, you get to a kind of a landmark book. It's called, it's by Dale Carnegie, How to Influence People, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Very influential book from the 1920s. And he, he says that was really kind of a watershed moment because before Dale Carnegie, all the kind of self-help books focused on character, improving your character. Changing your character would be able to make you more influential in the world. But starting with Dale Carnegie, it wasn't so much about changing your character, but it was about saying the right thing, maybe getting a new watch, getting a good hair, hairdo, you know, Focusing on your external appearances and your presentation and your method, kind of like techniques and skills and saying the right thing. 
And uh, this is where we're at today. We think that if we're going to influence people, we've got to act a certain way. We've got to say the right thing. We've got to do the right thing. We've got to wear the right clothes, buy nice Mercedes-Benz, all of that kind of stuff. These things are, that's how we're going to influence the world. But the reality of it is, is it's, it's character, but it's even deeper than that. It is what St. Ignatius did. It's a journey to the inside of one's heart, and it's changing oneself by the grace of God, letting the grace of God transform you from the inside out, that invisible mustard seed. And then from there, from that place, that's where true power and influence in the world comes. It comes from the center of our heart. It's a transformation of oneself by God's grace. And then from there, your circle of influence can expand. And it's directly, your, your circle of influence in the external world is directly proportionate to the depth of which you go into your heart and which you allow God's grace to transform you inside. And that's what we see with uh, St. Ignatius, is that he was transformed first on the inside, and that invisible mustard seed was planted, and then it resulted in this huge religious order. So my brothers and sisters, if we want to win friends and influence people, we, we understand that that begins with changing ourselves, getting a hold of ourselves, and letting God change us uh, and influence us and transform us. And then that's where the power to change the external world comes from.